0: This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. I am Stephanie Mahachak, and I am so glad you're here joining me again, or if this is your first time, welcome. We have a lot of fun on this podcast. Today, I want to talk a little bit about snacks, specifically snacks for kids. I get asked all the time, should my kid be snacking? What should they be snacking on? What can I give them to snack on at school? All of the questions around snacks. And as parents we tend to think of our kids, or some people tend to think of their kids as mini adults, which is really just not true. The kids have their own dynamic, their own physiology, their own internal dialogue going on at various times to support growth and to support mental health and to support digestion and nutrient absorption and all of the good stuff, right? And we need to support them through food, but also through snacks. A lot of adults that I have talked to recently look at their children and think they need to eat how I need to eat. They need to eat similar to me. And with as adults, many of you probably are aware that we have a lot of baggage when it comes to food and food choices. We have carried on sometimes decades of different beliefs, different habits, different emotions that are all tied to our food choices. And when we look at our kids, it can be easy to assume that based on what you've experienced in your life through food choices and beliefs and what has been said to you or done and all of that, it can be easy to assume that your child needs to eat how you have been eating. And that's not always the case. In fact, most of the time, it's not the case. You kind of have to look at your child as their own person, their own thing, their own entity, because that's what they are. They have different needs than you, even though you are related. So do kids need snacks? Yes, absolutely. I am I am in the belief that adults sometimes still need snacks, depending on the situation. A lot of people in the nutrition field, especially in the fitness field, will tell you adults shouldn't have snacks. It messes with your blood sugar, it blah, 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 blah. It, it, we need snacks. If you are hungry, if you have not gotten enough nutrients throughout your day in your meals that you've had throughout the day, then yeah, you probably do need some snacks. Your body only has 24 hours in a day to get 100% of the vitamins, minerals, all the things it needs to function properly. And for those people who are fasting or restricting or doing some sort of food pattern that does not align with their body, they could come up as hungry, they could still need snacks. And anyways, that's my soapbox about snacking and, and lack of snacking. Now, it absolutely depends on what you choose to snack on, and especially for kids. Kids need snacks in order to maintain healthy energy levels and to get the nutrients in their bodies that their growing bodies need. Typically, kids generally do well with three main meals and then two to three snacks or mini meals throughout the day. Now I know if they go to public schools or conventional schools, they don't always have the opportunity for that. And I get that. But what you can do is provide them with a heartier snack when they are allowed to have snacks that can help support them and still get all the nutrients that they need. We'll go over a few strategies for that uh, in in a few minutes here, but I just wanted to kind of set that, that stage. Now, if your kids are older, Younger kids, their, their tummies are smaller, they can't hold as much food in one time. So they need kind of more frequent, more opportunities for snacks and getting in food throughout the day. Now, as your kids get older, they may only need like maybe one or two snacks because they might be really focusing on balancing each meal that they have. And maybe they're getting a good amount of nutrients in at each meal. Maybe they just need one or two supportive snacks you know, in between, or especially around if they're athletes to help support their body. So like I mentioned, though, not all snacks are created equal. A lot of kids love the sugary stuff, the ultra processed stuff. And that's normal. They're kids. Of course, they have a tendency for sweets. Adults do as well. But of course, the focus and the goal around any time we're eating is to make sure that we are getting some sort of nutrients in. Now, I don't want to feed into the concept of healthy versus non-healthy, good versus bad, because that's not something that I truly feel we need to be teaching our kids. We can call it supportive, nutrient-dense, or foods that are lacking in specific nutrients, but I encourage you to kind of get away from labeling things as good or bad because that just opens up the door for other misconcepts, misbeliefs, and kind of sets the stage. Food is, food is food. Food is food. Any Anything that we eat, drink, whatever, consume, needs to be more neutral. So really, as parents, we want to set the stage for a healthy relationship with food, a healthy mindset around food, maybe a little bit of food neutrality coming coming into play. So there isn't this worry and anxiety around food and how they eat. So that's, that's a lot of times what I talk about when I'm talking about setting a good foundation of habits. So especially around nutrition habits, we can always branch out into the sleep and the exercise habits as well. But for this particular episode, I want to focus more on snacking and nutrition habits um, that hopefully your family will put into play and find helpful. So let's talk about a few tips around snacking. And I want to start the tips by saying, definitely respect and honor what your child is telling you that they need. And what I mean by that is if they say I want, you know, sour gummy worms as a snack, obviously, that's that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying more, if you feel like they should be hungry, and they're not, that's okay. Honor the fact that they are not hungry. Especially with kids, especially with different age groups of kids, you will see that some days they are bottomless pits and you feel like all they do all day long is eat something and they're never full. Then other days you'll find you'll feel like they haven't eaten at all and they're constantly telling you that they're not hungry. With growth spurts, with different things that kind of factor in with their physiology, with hormones, with you know growth plates, all those things, just honor the fact that some days they just may not be hungry you as an adult probably have felt this at some point as well. If you, there's one day we were like, man, I'm just really not that hungry. I'm just not going to eat that much today. And then the next day you have like some sort of virus, you know, your immune system had kicked in and it was using all of its resources and you're just not that hungry. So different, different things, different examples of that, of course, we can get into, but I just wanted to, to start this by saying, just because your kids used to eat, you know, two snacks a day, and now they're not having any, it's okay. And and we just need to listen and honor to their what they're, they're trying to read their own bodies and trying to learn their cues. And it's okay if they aren't hungry on certain days, even a couple days in a row, if they're just telling you that they're not hungry, that's okay. The next couple of days, they will likely make up for it and or get on a, a more neutral pattern with with eating or, or a more regular pattern with eating that just it's okay that there's some days that they don't. So There are about three or four kind of bullet points I want to go over. And these bullet points are not written out. They're just kind of in my head. Um, But I want to address a couple of bullet points that are kind of the keys for snacking. So the first one, of course, was pay attention if your kid wants a snack or isn't hungry or is telling you that they're hungry or not hungry or whatever. So we just went over that. The next one is if you can, make sure to try and get them a snack that has protein and fiber in it. This is going to help get them, one, the building blocks and the nutrients that they need for good muscle development, brain development, digestion, all of that. But they are also very slow to digest, which keeps them fuller longer. So you'll notice a difference if you give your kids gummies, you know, like gummy fruit snacks, just as a snack, versus an apple with peanut butter that has a lot of good fiber and a lot of good protein and and carbohydrates in it. They will stay fuller longer on the apple with peanut butter because it has two key nutrients in there, the fats and the proteins and also the fiber. So I guess there's three. Um, So think about ways that you can pair foods together that can be really helpful with giving them a good balanced snack. So just simply having an apple hits the system differently than if you give them apple and peanut butter or nut butter or almond butter or whatever, or a handful of almonds or trail mix on the side or whatever, it it hits differently in the system and the body breaks it down a little bit differently. And that can have a a better impact on their energy levels and their hunger levels. And if you have a kid that turns hangry, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about with really trying to balance that out and and give you some longevity with those snacks. So different examples would be like um, fruit with cheese or yogurt and, and fruit with nuts on it um, raisins and nuts like you'd find in trail mix or other, you know, dried fruit. Um, a a good one is dried blueberries. If you've ever seen like organic dried blueberries, they, they are a really good, uh, simple snack to add to like a trail mix. If you make it yourself, or if you're adding it to yogurt or something like that, it's a good uh, snack to kind of pair with something else. I caution you on, uh, dried cranberries or craisins because they always, almost always have sugar and different oils to, the cranberry to sweeten it up, um, which sidebar absolutely drives me nuts because you eat a cranberry cause it's tart, but whatever. Um, so watch the, always look at the ingredients on, you know, dried fruit, but, um, but usually, uh, raisins or dried blueberries are a pretty good go-to snack. Other things would be like celery with peanut butter and, and raisins, you know, ants on a log. Um, you could also do hummus with different cut up veggies, Um, or spread hummus on like a tortilla and and add some salsa and things like that. So there's a lot of different things, but if you can kind of look for the elements or the components of the food, so look in what has protein, what has fats, what has fiber or carbohydrates, um, and then you can kind of make combinations that your family or your kids like. Another tip is the timing of snacks. So similar to you, you've probably experienced this where all of a sudden it hits you that you are hungry, and you're to the point of like no return, where you are completely hangry. Your energy's crash, your brain is foggy, and you're just miserable feeling. That has gone too long, and that means you've gone too long without. Food or your blood sugar has dipped low, and that absolutely can happen in kids, specifically toddlers. They see that a lot. You know, they get the terrible twos, but it's also their blood sugar is. They need more food. They're growing, and their blood sugar can kind of become dysregulated. And they uh, adding in some strategic snacks at different times, um, made of different components, can really be beneficial to helping some of that. So. Obviously, you don't want to put a snack a little too close to a main meal. So depending on your child's day, and I know how early they wake up and what they have going on during the day, um, you can start to pepper in and figure out and, and play a little trial and error with what snacks work when and how your your child responds to them in the form of like behavior, but also, you know, just overall energy and mood and, and feelings and all that. Trying to stick with a predictable schedule can be helpful too. Again, if your child is in school, this is kind of easier, more easier to do because they are already in a structured routine of changing classes or you know, going to different things and, and different activities during the day. Uh, If you're at home, this can be a little bit more challenging to stick with, but it's not impossible. So trying to stick with a similar—it doesn't mean that it has to be so rigid that at 12:07 every day you have lunch. Like it doesn't have to be that structured and rigid, but generally in in a time frame is what you want to aim for. So if you aim for, you know, breakfast between the hours of like eight and nine, and then maybe some sort of mid morning snack at like 10 to 11, and then lunch is going to be around 12 to one, and then another afternoon snack around you know two to three and then dinner's going to be around five to six, whatever. You can kind of see that that you don't have to hit it exactly by the minute. You just aim for that certain range, whatever range makes sense and works for you. Um, But you can kind of play around with that, especially if they are uh, student athletes and they have different practice schedules. Um, I've definitely seen it. And I don't know if anyone else is experiencing this, but my middle schooler eats lunch at the same time as my kindergartner. So you know, tell me how that makes sense. But it's it's how the schools can structure it. It hits differently with the different time frames and different ages, but that just means now we have to be a little bit more strategic about my middle schooler's breakfast and her lunch, and then she doesn't get a chance to have a snack until about 2 or 2.30. So we want to make sure that we're definitely powering up that lunch to make it through the next few hours so that uh, she can she's not going to have an energy crash and her brain stays um, optimal and, and it's focused and all of that. Um, So again, there's different timings of different things that work for different kids and different families. So figure out what the timing generally is and if where you might need to make some tweaks. And I can always help you with this, too, based on some of the symptoms that they're having and and um, what the outcomes are with different meals and different timings. You know, if you have questions on that, always let me know. So another thing and and kind of the last thing that when I generally when I talk to families or when I talk to kids about snacks, um, I, I hit on about 10 different things. And I'm only talking about like three or four today, but making sure that they're involved with the type of snacks that you provide them. So that might mean that they get to pick out, you know, they get to choose maybe a different bar recipe or energy ball recipe to make based on a couple of that you give them options for. So it still gives you the parent some control, and in, in if they if you don't want them to necessarily have, you know, really high sugar, high processed bars, but you say, hey, we can make this, this, or this recipe at home with bars or different flavors. Which one do you want to try out? It really gives them the autonomy to choose what they think sounds best and what they want to make, and that absolutely engages them more in the process of it and they're going to be more likely to try new things and also try the thing that you are giving them. So again, if you're if you have some some parameters that you know your child needs to eat around like if they can't have peanuts or if they need more fiber in their diet because their doctor says or their nutritionist says or whatever, then you can kind of help guide them to make the better choice without saying you can't have this. Right? Because the second you say you can't have candy, they're going to want candy. And when they get access to candy, they're going to go overboard and make themselves sick. So if you're able to say, here are some options that we can make, which ones do you want? Or here are some options that we can get at the store, which ones do you want? Um, That way, it still gives them some choice in the matter, but it also still aligns with what their health goals might be. Again, getting them involved in the process can also be having them learn to make smoothies and having them learn to make energy balls and having them pick out the ingredients that they want to put in their own trail mix that they bring to school. Um, If they are a nut-free school or a nut-free classroom, I know a couple of my kids have uh, friends in their classes that are nut-free. Um... Friendly reminder nut free doesn't mean seed free. So you can always still make energy balls instead of peanut butter, you can use sunflower butter. Um, or pumpkin butter, you know, so make sure I would double check with the teachers, but because there could still be like a seed allergy too, but, um, but that does everyone kind of thinks like, oh, we're so limited now we can't have peanut butter, but no, you're really not. You can still have, even, even if they have a nut allergy, they can still have seeds usually and have that be a part of, of the recipes that they're providing. So um, have them chop up veggies, have them chop up apples, have them make their own fruit salad, have them make their own fruit and yogurt parfait, have them make their own trail mix and energy balls and energy bars or granola bars, um, making their own, you know, muffins that have some good nutrient density to them. Um, involving them in the process will help you so much with setting the stage for what uh, healthy and supportive eating is. And it also gives them the ability to kind of try out new things and explore what feels good for them. And it's, it's a huge part of the process in learning your body's own cues and figuring out what your body is telling you that it needs. So those, again, these are just a few basic tips on Things to do helping your child with snacks. Um, I I, again, I get this question a lot as far as like, well, what should we be eating and what should I give them? When should we feed them? Is this an okay snack? Is that an okay snack? Uh, So, I think. If you do have questions on this, please, as always, reach out to me. Um, And again, friendly reminder that I do have that smoothie guide, the ultimate smoothie guide available. So if you feel like smoothies would be a good thing for my kids to start trying out, instead of just throwing a bunch of fruit in a blender and mixing it with yogurt, which is a blended up parfait, by the way, you can get this ultimate smoothie guide and it walks you through the four basic elements or key elements that you need to have in a smoothie to make it balanced and nutrient supportive. Uh, and then there's a, about 20-something, 20 22, 24, something like that, recipes of smoothies that they can try out and kind of use as a baseline. And then they can kind of experiment with the others, uh, other smoothie recipes that they, based on what you have. So this is actually something I taught to a group of kids, how to make their own balanced smoothie. And uh, I've heard a lot of good feedback that they continue to do it now that they know the foundation and the basic elements of it. They are having fun making their own. So um, that you can find that on my website. I will also post the link below uh, in the show notes, so you can look for that if that is something that is of interest to you and your f- family and your kids. So wherever you are in the country or the world, I know again we have a lot of, I have a lot of people that listen in the country of China. So uh, I'm not sure what the school year and back to school is like for uh, that country. But in the US, I know we are, uh, some of us have already started back to school, others start next week, and then in the next few weeks, and then after Labor Day is when it really kicks off. But take this time as a family, take this time as a, a parent or a grandparent or a caregiver and it's a time of change regardless, so it might be the perfect time to implement some new habits and implement some new recipes and some new snack ideas into the mix. So uh, take some time and plan with your kids and plan plan out some dinners, plan out some lunches. Are they going to eat school lunch? What are they going to have at school lunch? Are they going to have a veggie at school lunch? Are they going to bring their lunch? Are they going to bring some snacks? What can they, What can they pack that is going to be supportive for what they need? So hopefully this gives you a springboard to make some uh, choices and make some some new recipes and everything. And again, if you have some concerns, if you have some questions, if your child or someone in your family or you are struggling with some symptoms that you think might be related to how you're eating, please reach out to me. I am here for you. We do free 20 minute consultations where we can go over what your concerns are, as well as how I can help. Uh, get you some of the relief that you want and get you on a better plan and a better path. So that link to schedule the free consultation is in the show notes, as well as on my website, foodfactornutrition.com. Please reach out if you have questions. And I'd love to hear from you on social media, either on Instagram or on uh, Facebook. I am on uh, at foodfactornutrition. Reach out, say, hey, send me a DM, send me some questions. I'd love to connect and chat. I always love hearing from everyone who, who's listening and hearing what you think about the show and um, kind of furthering your knowledge and some of the topics that we talk about. So I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week. Bye.